0: Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and sometimes, accidentally, in spite of myself, something funny or interesting happens. This is Previously Live. Hello? Howdy! How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm excited, but I'm also uh, very nervous. But that's okay. You don't
0: happy. have to be. You don't have to be nervous because I've actually completely forgotten uh, what we're talking about. I have no long-term memory, uh, which means mm-hmm. that uh, you can actually say anything you want for the next 40, 45 minutes, uh, and I will. It'll it'll slide past me like completely. I have no preconceptions to challenge uh, uh, your your behavior with.
1: Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> um. So. Basically, what I, was, what I was thinking a little bit was um, I heard what you were talking about before a little bit and how it's, it's kind of uh, boring just to be, you know, like fed information. Um, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give like an overview a little bit about some issues uh, in Europe and uh, things like that. And just like a, a general overview, not really going like super in-depth into any topic, but just like so you get like an understanding and a couple of, uh, of arguments that you often see even placed, you know, made by Americans. Um, in regards to Europe and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, so that's always like going to point.
0: be that's always going to be the subject that's most important to me. It's going to be discussing stuff that gets brought up in arguments. So I have arguments I can use against their yeah, arguments. Yeah. Um, could you introduce yourself, your name, and whatever qualifications you feel comfortable with?
1: Um, yeah, uh, so my name is Elton. I go by Rose Wrist Online. So Rose like the flower, wrist like the body part. And uh, I'm currently working on an international baccalaureate diploma with a focus on English history and economics. Uh, and I'm a uh, leftist, uh, progressive, libertarian—you know, whatever you choose. And i the good, the good kind of libertarian, opinion. though. The good kind of libertarian, of yeah. course. The good kind of libertarian, the right kind of libertarian. Yeah. Um, well, well, not the not the right no, kind not of libertarian. the right doing libertarian, <laughs> though, the right kind of libertarian. God, I hate that they took that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, why?
0: Yeah, why can't we be right? Why can't they? Why can't the right be the left? Because that way, like we're it's right, true. you know. That we let yep. we let them have that. It's kind of fucked up, honestly.
1: We have the best jokes as well, so we would make much more use of that. Oh yeah, um,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, hit me up. Do you have a, do you have a, a, a like a sequential topic list, or do you want to get this like point by point?
1: Uh, yeah, I have like a like a broad range of topics, uh, starting kind of like very broad, and then. I'm specializing a bit in Sweden due to a couple of things. First of all, a lot of like the European stuff is pretty specialized in terms of like what language the the academic literature is written in. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty hard for me unless I know the language to engage in a bunch of European uh, nations. So I've like focused a little bit particularly on Sweden but I can tell you with a lot of confidence that this is like a general trend that's occurring in multiple nations in Europe. So you're not gonna be like, you know, losing anything because we're getting a bit specialized. Gotcha. Um, so in
0: your in your opinion, before we really get started, you would agree yep. uh, Europe does exist.
1: It's true. The okay. rumors are true. Right. Europe does exist in fact. <laughs> okay and it and it I'm does sorry, it hard is to believe. It, if it's too much for you then it's then, hard no. yeah <laughs> I know it's
0: and and it is it is it is relevant this is one of the things this is one of the difficulties that I have is that man <laughs> I, I, my my education was very America centric because I find that sociology like as a field like this is in, in, in no way universally applicable. Everything that I've learned about white hegemony and, like, gender relations, all of this, this is very America specific. And I can, and the further out I project it, the less applicable it is. So, I can pretty easily talk about UK, Australian, Canadian stuff, and I can get around to talking about German and France stuff, but when we start talking about Scandinavian or Eastern European issues, I, I like, I, all my education is, like, useless. So if I had a stronger, like, base of understanding in europe i think it'd be easier for me to make my arguments too
1: yeah yeah exactly um and like what i'm yeah what i'm trying to do is like give just like like a broad view just so you know a little bit like you know like what's going on and stuff and i'm going to tell you like in what ways it is similar to the united states uh, but in also like what key aspects we differ um please so just generally uh, throughout this conversation um if you you know have a question if you want to interject if you have some some spicy meme you want to share just you know interrupt me um i feel like they'll they'll uh they'll they'll improve the the quality of it don't worry i have no i have
0: never in my life had any problems speaking up when i want to talk so i'll i'll be okay
1: that's fantastic all right all right um so generally in europe the main things that you know discourse is surrounded about is of course immigration um for those of you that don't know the main kind of immigration wave uh, to europe happened in 2015 where a large amount of the people that we took into europe were refugees uh, so these are people that we take in due to humanitarian reasons because they are fleeing places that uh, where they're you know horrendously oppressed or where they face threats to their lives um, and this has been received you know very differently across uh, all the different countries in Europe uh, some countries have taken in more than others among them Sweden and Germany are the two main ones mm-hmm. they've taken in you know more refugees or immigrants than uh, a lot of the other uh, countries, and so they have like a different situation. Uh, but generally, we see that unfortunately, a very um, you know prominent rise of right-wing parties and of xenophobia uh, across the entirety of Europe. Um, so my plan just go through you know some some general arguments that you hear and some things um, in Italy. Something that's very popular in regards to immigration is uh, they say that hey, we shouldn't take any immigrants. Um, it's you know they try to make an argument that hey it's better for them if we if we help them in their own countries, mm-hmm. um, and there's you know there's a whole range of issues with this. Among them is it's really difficult. You know, are you just going to like drive planes and just drop money? Are you going <laughs> to give it to the governments which often are corrupt? Um, like how are you going to do it? Um, we and... could we could
0: stop you know, starting wars, in that. That's, part that's of the a good world. one. That'd, That's be, a that'd be a good one I think maybe. Yeah. But you probably probably already knew about that one. I'm not adding anything to the Yeah,
1: course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um and to this there's like there's just like a slim, like a slam dunk argument to this which is that um according to research this is from the uh, the World Economic Forum. I'm just quoting here. Um financial remittance flows have steadily increased in volume from the 1990s to the present day. In 2017, migrants sent an estimated 466 billion dollars to families in developing countries. Money sent home from abroad is shown to be more stable than both private debt and portfolio equity flows and several times larger than international development aid. So this demonstrates that, okay, what you truly care about is helping these people, making sure that money gets to the right places, making sure that they get enough money. You should take in people because what we see is that um, most of the money, or three times as much um, as with international aid, uh, goes back to those nations if they are allowed to work here and then send back money. Um, um,
0: this is, this is they call them remittances, right? Um, I've heard that there are also long-term benefits to remittances because that that, that currency that's sent back home is in mm-hmm. the home state's currency. Usually, it will be in, uh, you know, British Mark or Deutsche Marks, or it'll be in France- cheese wheels or whatever the fuck they use and they they send it back and what this does is it means that there's a there's there's foreign currency in these in these countries from which the migrants are coming and what that means is that there's a um there's there's a an incentive to invest in that market because they their economy now relies on the existence of these foreign currencies um that makes it there's there's a, a synchronicity there that means there's an economic incentivization for uh, partnership or for trade amidst those countries i think at least i know that's the case between us and mexico i don't know if that's necessarily the case with smaller countries or like with the refugee situation
1: uh, I'm, i i haven't done any research with this specifically i would assume i'm familiar with the research about the united states the same as you are um, i would assume that's you know the case is the same there but uh, even then even if that wasn't the case we still have substantial economic benefits to the receiving countries uh, that I'm going to get into a little bit later. Um, so yeah, that that's probably true. But even if it wasn't, we still have plenty of other reasons, yeah. um, economically, for the uh, the host nation, I guess, to to take in immigrants. Um, so, what effect, like, if we try to like quantify how many immigrants or how many migrants or refugees, um, what does this look like? Well, um, like most uh, developed countries. Um, The fertility rates and the rate of replacement in these countries aren't, you know, high enough to keep the population going. So EU, the European Union and Europe as a whole would have negative population growth if it wasn't for immigrants. And, you know, there is a whole host of negative uh, economic effects of you know your population declining that's what japan is facing and is trying to uh, deal with right now you know you have the population declining and this is severe effects on the economy so that's something we would ideally want to avoid yeah, um so
0: i have a, so i have a question to you for that too. Yep. Um so this is this is also happening again the United States of America where the domestic mm-hmm. population is, is 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 yeah it's not it's not growing it's it's shrinking. Um so we mm-hmm. shore it up with immigrants. What it seems to be the case is that every country that reaches a certain level of industrialization invariably has excuse me it's um reproduction rate drop below like 2.1 or whatever the replacement rate is. Um yep. do you think uh do you so do you think there's, like, an argument to be made, then, from the people in those positions that it would be preferable to um, push domestic policies to incre- increase domestic birth rates? Because I hear that one a lot. The I mm-hmm. guess the, the end state is, like, eventually, if every country on Earth ends up reaching American levels of industrialization, then everyone would eventually be losing population. So, um, there yeah, has to exactly. be some sort of long-term solution for that
1: that is something that we hear a lot and uh, that is you know a solution that is you know a good idea long-term we have some countries already doing this uh, however there is something that's you know um going to that that problem that europe is going to face relatively soon that um will require you know a, a substantial uh, you know injection in population that i'm gonna Get to in a bit, and this is you know really important. And this is not something that can be fixed fast enough through um, policies encouraging childbirth. Um, so I'm going to get to that about uh, Europe right now. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, we will see. You know, uh, population decline if it wasn't for immigrants, uh, but because of them, they increased by 1.1 1. 1 million, I believe it was. Um, and what does this look like? Um like on an, on a nation specific uh, you know level, um, the fact that the population is is dying off, but is also becoming older. And this is something very important because we have we have the boomers um who are taking up, you know they're a substantial part of the population. They're like we in Swedish, we call it um like the the um like the 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 bulge of fat, I guess, like moving up the um the the age um hierarchy. Oh, yeah. and uh, right now, yeah, exactly. And right now they're entering the retirement age. So, in Sweden, what this means, if you only count native-born people, we're going to see a 47% increase in people above 65 years of age, which is the retirement age in Sweden. And we will see a in-between minus one to plus one percent change in the working age population. And, you know, this is, it, for a country like Sweden that has a welfare state that, you know, the, the older people, the retired people rely on uh, for their income, this is going to be a really big issue um, because you're going to have so many people that aren't working anymore, and they're going to be relying on pensions, for example. And you're not going to see a great injection into the the workforce uh, due to the native population. Um, and you know, more specifically, what this means is that, uh, according to the um, like the the Swedish government entities, they've said that they need approximately five hundred thousand uh, more people to begin working within like welfare systems in Sweden. So. In the U.S., five hundred thousand people may not seem as that much, but uh, for you know, for Sweden, this is a very large uh, amount of people. Can you remind and me
0: what country you currently live in?
1: Sweden, um, with a population of ten million now. Yeah, you're um, um
0: yeah you're kind of like the hotbed of all this discourse. Um, so yep, exactly in Sweden. Yeah, so in Sweden specifically, um. Mm-hmm. I know right now you all are languishing under the coronavirus pandemic. I have no fucking idea why Sweden is doing so badly with coronavirus. I haven't actually looked that up. Do you do you know why? I, just a curiosity. It's not relevant.
1: to. I'm going to be honest. I haven't read super much about it, but from what I can gather, um, we're going for a sort of mix between not, you know, completely destroying our economy and going for some sort of herd immunity where we have very strict regulations for the people above the age of 70, or I can't remember exactly what it was for them to be safe, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not super strict regulations for the rest of the population. Okay. Okay, um, so you're a thin Scandinavian skin...
0: Allowed the virus to pass through more easily, perhaps. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Just making sure yeah. I'm caught up. But w- w- with Sweden, w- what we have is it's a very it's a it's a very complicated economic equation where you have to maintain a a stable population rate in order to keep alive the oldest portion of the population. Um, mm-hmm. We're dealing with something similar here in America right now, though not to the same extent as you, I don't think, because we've had such mm-hmm. this powerful influx of like Hispanic immigration that has kept up our you know a uh, younger population i think the average hispanic in america is like 20 years younger than the average white person in america which is pretty fucking crazy but over there in sweden is there a talk amongst the politicians of cutting welfare or of cutting social service programs so that you no longer need to rely on immigration to prop up that population uh, uh, uh distortion from the old and the young people
1: yeah um let me tell you there's been talks about cutting uh the welfare and it's been done uh a lot since the uh the era, like the end of the 90s um where it's been done not specifically for the reason though of um you know not having to rely on immigration but yeah they probably the don't of... say
0: that out loud yeah but
1: yeah exactly um But you know they say you know generally it's for the reason of you know they think that the uh, the privatization of these industries would make them work better, which is another thing that I'm going to get to a little bit later. Um, But I personally don't see enough people talking about like the issue in itself with you know people growing old, um, and we're not going to be able to really solve this at this point in time um, without immigration. Um, And so how I see this going, I guess, is in Europe either we're going to see. like heavily, like trying to funnel the you know native-born population um, into working within welfare to make this work, um, or we're going to see, like you said, like severe cuts to like welfare systems uh, to you know to be able to keep these people alive, or they will just like die. I guess um, you know we ha- we have all these options of, could, uh, of just like die. How it's, go. it's always yeah, an option. They can just die. It's true. If, I mean, if you'd rather die than take an immigrant, I mean, you know, that's amazing. I, I um, think there are a number of people who feel that way yeah i'm, I'm sure there is um so maybe uh, one prediction could be that in the future european countries are actually going to be competing with each other for immigrants um which would be an interesting uh, switch to to the discourse um but that could you know very well be a possibility um and you know, some of these plans are, of course, a little bit better than others. Um, these possibilities—if you were to try to like funnel natives into taking these jobs, like every single person in Sweden entering the workforce in between now and 2028 would have to work within welfare to fill up this gap, which is not going to happen. So, hmm.
0: um, yeah, that seems pretty—that seems not yeah, yeah, doable. Uh,
1: probably not. Um,
0: um, wait, I want to—I want to deviate from this for a moment, if I may. Yep. Um, you live in Sweden. Do you have you uh come into any substantial contact with like migrant groups within Sweden?
1: Uh, me personally. I mean I go to uh, like a like an international school which like very heavily um you know uh emphasizes, I guess, multiculturalism. That's like kind of the whole shtick between uh behind like the international baccalaureate program, which is the one I take. Uh so, you know, I come into contact with uh, non-native born people uh, relatively often, but uh, I don't, another problem that I'm going to get to a little bit later is that we actually see a great load of segregation taking place uh, in Sweden right now where we have, we're, we're concentrating the non-native born people, refugees, immigrants into, um, you know, certain communities. Um, so they, you know, they, they they're put, you know, all of them are put there which invariably worsens long-term
0: outcomes because they end up forming ghettos, and that means they're going exactly exactly, exactly
1: um so i'm not going to you know say that I've, i've come into super much contact and that's really a problem because ideally we would you know give these people the resources necessary for them to spread out um and go wherever they want instead of kind of being forced to go to these areas where it's like it's cheap and they feel like there's other people that speak the language there and uh things like that um but you know something that we we hear a lot, especially in regards to uh, to this immigration here in in Sweden, is the the crime rate. That's something that constantly gets brought up, um, mm-hmm. and is like one of the main arguments against it. Um, it's not a good one, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, so just a quick one. This is one that I hear a lot from the U.S. Is you know the Sweden is the is the rape capital of Europe. Mm-hmm. All the uh, all the Muslims are coming there, and they're they're, they're raping all the uh, all the all the white you know women. Um, this is absolutely not the case, and there are three main things that you know you, you can come with as soon as somebody says that. Number one, in Sweden, we have one of the broadest legal definitions of rape in the entire world. So more sexual offences count as rape here in Sweden uh, that wouldn't necessarily do it in other countries. Number two, um, this is I'm stealing this one from Sean a Sean bit. Um, if uh, oh we don't like Sean on this stream anymore. No,
0: nah, um, no, nah, sh- no. We hate Twitter, Sean. We love we YouTube, Sean. Sean. YouTube, Sean is top tier. I'm, uh, I'm, Sean I'm, is based. Yeah, I'm re-listening to the, um, the uh, Bell Curve video. It's still, I think, one of the best analytical pieces I've ever like seen on that on that fucking yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. On this website. I, I watched guess. that one
1: actually just a few days ago as well. So, uh, yeah. Um, but anyways, what if I told you that? the um the reported kidnapping rate is higher in australia than in mexico you probably wouldn't believe me and that's you know because what what that invariably ends up happening is that um in mexico not as many crimes get reported or not as many kidnappings get reported as a country as australia for example and in sweden we see that we have a super high reporting rate which is a great thing because it means that people feel comfortable going to the authorities and you know, speaking up if they've been uh, taken advantage of or raped or something. Um, so that's another thing that leads to us having you know a higher um, yeah like, th- reported is, rape case. This is
0: one of the things that makes me almost think that democracy can't work. It's that um, it's that the average I don't think the average person can understand like if you increase the tools to um. If you increase the tools to like report or identify crime, or if you increase like police patrols, or if you increase awareness of something, all of these will lead to an increase in the crime rate, not a decrease exactly. because you're exactly. finding more. And it's like, exactly. it's, it's yeah, most people can like, can, they can't fathom that. And not mm-hmm. to mention, isn't, isn't it true that in Sweden, when it comes to rape at least, I don't know about all crimes, that with rape is, it's a separate charge for each individual instance of rape.
1: Exactly. That was the third thing I was going to get to. Okay. Yeah. Because um,
0: yeah, yeah, here in America, like, if you, like, if you, it, it, and it's not your graphic or anything, but if you, like, kidnap a girl and, like, rape her, like, for two days or whatever before she breaks away mm-hmm. out of a motel and finds police, that's kidnapping and yep. rape. In Sweden, mm-hmm. that could go for, like, dozens of charges, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so in the case of like a uh, husband raping a wife for like a consecutive month, and the and the wife goes to the police, that'll be thirty counts of rape. Um, you know, reported instances of rape. Uh, so that's another thing that really like uh that has to do with the the statistics being way higher. That's so strange to me. Is that is that
0: like is that considered a quirk over there, or is that something you guys you're you're like well, it's crazy to do it any other way
1: personally uh to me it feels like it's crazy to do it any other way right because i mean that's the amount of illegal morally reprehensible actions that took place so uh, it only makes sense that they should be recorded in that way you know
0: yeah i guess it's it's i guess it's just cultural difference but yeah yeah i yeah, yeah. no, i i agree and there's probably more utility in being able to distinguish how many individual cases there are because then you could like the heinousness increases with the 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 severity and the number of those crimes
1: yeah exactly exactly um and now, for like that, was like the right bit. Now, for like the general crimes, we do see that immigrants are overrepresented in crimes, but there has been study after study after study after meta analysis showing over and over again mm-hmm. that this is because of socioeconomic factors, not cultural things, not racial things. Now, I know you had your conversation with JF a couple of days ago. Um, Nothing like that, um, you know, just socioeconomics and environmental uh, environmental issues. And this yeah. is something that's really hard for a lot of people to understand.
0: Can I ask a favor of you? If you have any meta-analyses on that particular subject, I would love Ooh. if you could DM me at some I'm I'm not, not like right now, but like at some point yeah. in the future, because I have all that data for america i've had a lot of trouble mm-hmm. compiling data on that in european countries because a all motherfuckers have different legal systems and b <laughs> and b i don't speak your language a lot of this i can't translate and i don't want to use google translate because yeah. Yeah. yeah so if you have any meta analyses you could throw my way at some point that'd be super helpful
1: yep absolutely i'll send them your way and as well if you know any of the things I, I end up talking about and you want to go like more in depth about you know sometime you can just let me know and i'll uh, I'll, I'll gladly uh, talk about it more um Anyways, so we see immigrants being overrepresented in uh, in crime, and it's because of socioeconomics. So we have the the traditional issue with um, right wing parties wanting to increase surveillance and punishment, left wing parties trying to get to the root of the issue, which tends to be the environmental issues and especially education. Education is like the number one predictor of crime here in Sweden, mm-hmm. um, and that's a like an aspect of our society that's been like rocked particularly hard by. The new attempts of privatization and it's something that i'm going to get to a little bit later as well and we also see a very disproportionate covering in media about i think it's it's very similar in the us where you know whenever an immigrant does a crime uh then that will be like really blown up and that mm-hmm. immigrant crimes will be disproportionately covered um compared to all other types of crime of course because you know that type of thing uh, gets more clicks um if you have you you paint this idea of you know these these hordes of immigrants coming over here doing all this crime, um, and that's surprisingly something that's contested a lot in uh, here in Sweden. People complain about like the the public service uh, we have here and like the newspapers saying that they're all these you know they have this super left wing bias. Uh, some parties even want to get rid of the public service uh, altogether. This might not seem so uh, so extreme to you um, as an American, but the public service here in Sweden is something we'd have for decades. And it's you know it's done uh, you know a lot of good in my opinion, um, and this is something that they want to do away with because they have this perceived, um, I guess, victim mentality that the news aren't covering immigrant crimes. Um, do you think that right I now know, generally
0: the left or the right is winning in Sweden?
1: Like which which direction oh, does the country? Oh, it's the see right. It's uh, it's very unfortunately the right. I mean, we have like a party right now that has like, I think estimated well. Not now because of the corona crisis, because their entire platform is just, like, shitting on immigrants. So now during the coronavirus, they have no idea what they're doing. So they've fallen behind a little bit because of that. Um, yeah. well, that happened in the UK, too, right? Like, we're the
0: Brexit party, you know? And then, like, it actually happens. Exactly. They're like, okay, well, yep. goodbye. <laughs> we <have nothing> <laughs> goodbye. Exactly, exactly. We're done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, dude. it's uh, Fuck me. It's always immigration, right? It always boils down to that. Yeah. I feel like that's the bookyman of, like, every country right now. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know what to. I don't know what to do about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it's it's extremely explicit here in Sweden. Like the the anti-immigrant party, they they call themselves the, the Sweden Democrats. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but have not. they had like thirty percent, I think, something like, you know, support um in, in polls, uh, right before coronavirus, and they like have their like the establishment, the history of the party goes back to to the Nazi party of Germany, Um, like members from there coming over here and, you know, starting the party. They did, you know, Hitler salutes at their, um, at their rallies in the early days. Like this is, um, I mean, Tommy Robinson's also probably
0: a Nazi, right? It goes back to that. Yep. The eternal uh, boogeyman of the Western world for, for now and forever, I guess just, and then after we're done with this right wing resurgence and fucking, you know, twenty one seventy two. The Fifth Reich will come back. Like it's always going to be them. True. Maybe it. Maybe it's it true. will be a thousand year Reich, just broken up over a bunch of different sections. Um. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm sorry. Got distracted. No worries. No worries.
1: I, I appreciate these interruptions. Um. Yeah. So that's that's you know the unfortunate reality about you know what parties are are winning. Um. But because of the like Corona thing, there has been an increase in the support for leftist you know movements because now people are realizing that. Maybe markets don't fare so well when they're actually required the most. Um, we see that the, the people, uh, I mean, the the entities are receiving the most bailouts and the most support from the governments are the corporations. And people really see. People always complain about, you know, oh the immigrants, the unemployed people, they get too many benefits. But now during the situation, they really see how much the Swedish government, you know, and governments all over the world like pay the corporations and have to, you know, give them benefits for them to to stay afloat. Um, so it, there's there's a small resurgence in, in left, uh, like left-wing like ideas uh, due to this coronavirus thing. So that, that's, that's a positive. Do you think, yeah. um,
0: this is your personal opinion, do you mm-hmm. think that, um, uh, God, how do I put that? If you could go back in time and you could somehow direct the Syrian refugee crisis away from Europe, just have it all stick to, I guess, Turkey or you know other countries that are sort of in the yeah. periphery. So, uh, do you think that would have been preferable, if so, no other reason than because it would have avoided this massive surge of right-wing populism across the um, across the continent?
1: Yeah, I, I see how I see what you mean. Um, like it sucks however, for the refugees,
0: but like, I wonder does. if long term it it's going to end up worse for everyone because yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that's you know that's something you could say. However, I would say that the number one thing that would have gone a long way in making this better is if more countries in the European Union had taken you know responsibility and and done their their bit to take in, um, to take in the refugees. Because we see Sweden and Germany who have taken in, you know the vast majority, and uh, and a lot of the other countries who you know didn't want to do it. Uh, at all and taking, you know, refugees in in the same, uh, in the same amounts. So I think that would have done the best thing because to just spread them out more across Europe rather than concentrating them in two countries, one of which is like really small relative to other countries in the, in Europe and in the European Union.
0: I wonder if there was any other direction these migrants could have gone. Um, what, what's the, uh, for, for, for Syrians, what, a lot of them are Muslim. What's the, um, are they, I forget, are they, um... Fuck me! What's the two main? Yeah, uh, she and... uh, Sunni and Shia. Yeah, um, exactly. Which which one are they? Do you know? No or idea. Right? Okay, yeah. I'm wondering, like, they're Sunni. They're Su- okay. gotcha, They're Sunni. Okay, okay, okay. I, that's what I thought. I was just making sure. I wonder if there were any other directions like they generally could have gone in. Maybe spread the load if it was like an international effort, because that would have been the dream, right? If the whole yeah, world I wish had they worked been... together. Yeah. If like, um, exactly. yeah, like I'm looking at a map right now, like Turkmenistan, probably not, um, you know, Iran, probably not. I don't know, like maybe mm-hmm. like Pakistan. I don't know what Kazakhstan's like political shit is. But I feel if it had been like a worldwide effort, I think it would have been a, like a lot more of a, um, it would have turned out a lot better. I don't know. I feel yeah, like this ended up being like a worst case scenario for everyone involved.
1: I, I I agree. I mean, yeah, not not probably not for the refugees. I think they prefer this to uh to staying in the the nations that they fled from, but Oh I, oh I, no yeah yeah, I, yeah of course yeah, yeah yeah I'm glad yeah, I'm glad sure.
0: they're somewhere else. I'm just being like geopolitically it's just Yeah of course I agree. so I agree. crazy.
1: Um fortunately though we still have, you know, the arguments in our favor, but they are they are very difficult to make. Like the average um you know, the, the support for, you know, right wing populist groups and like uh I guess dissent against immigration um has like increased a lot. So that that's obviously a negative thing. Yeah, they're posting um, cringe pretty hard. They are posting severe levels of cringe. Um anyway, uh but now we look at like the empirical things about how you know this is this is affecting Sweden. so we have the crime where they're overrepresented. But something we notice uh, is that this like these kind of um, these poor socioeconomic classes would have existed whether or not the immigrants have come here because there was a very important study um, done 2018 or 2019 can't remember when mm-hmm. um, where basically they they did a, a, a you know a deep dive into immigration to Sweden and what it's given us. And we see that total immigration has generated 900 billion um, crowns, which is 90 billion dollars mm-hmm. uh, uh, since the 1950s. Which you know, for a nation as as small as Sweden, is is a substantial amount. We also see, undeniably, a long term economic gain. However, unlike the United States, for example, the short term investment is like is a lot here in Sweden. It's a lot of money that we have to put up on, up front um, for this to be able to go well. Uh, I think in, in the U S. it's a, like the short term effects aren't even that bad. Um, the like in regards to things like the wages and uh, you know I think like the first year it costs the average you know state um, to you know to house the immigrants there, but after that they just they they provide more money than they take um, in the United States. But here in Sweden it, it's a little bit of a longer process, and of course this. Well, Um, yeah, that makes sense Yeah, because the
0: the, because for one, like the immigrants that America gets tend to be from a large and contiguous border. We have a large state with a ton of agricultural room. Uh, Whereas Mm -hmm. you guys are dealing with literal refugees from a fucking war torn country. It makes sense that there would be. It would take like longer for them to, for them to set up economically than um, than the immigrants that we get. But you say, so but, second, so do you know, do second generation migrants or like the children of migrants, do they tend to perform better? Is there any data on like how much
1: time? Because
0: yeah. it's only been a few years since this whole thing started.
1: Yeah, like the main wave was in 2015. So there isn't super much research about this. But from what we do see, uh, I remember this specifically in regards to crime, um, like, you know, um, younger generations, like, um, like what's it called later generations of immigrants do, you know, um, commit like crime less. Um and something that's very, also very important to mention is that Sweden has like one of the lowest crime rates, just like in general um, across the entire world. So even if we, so um, this means that the immigrants that we're taking in they're like inflating it a lot relative to Sweden's norm, but not so much relative to like the general uh, worldwide like norm of crime rates. it's just that we're so like we had like such a particularly low crime rate that it looks like like a lot. It looks like you know these uh like like the immigrants are like super you know violent super prone to crime um how many uh, then, yeah.
0: how many migrants ended up in sweden
1: oh um it's it's like uh, several million i'm not exactly sure um i think at least one million i'm fairly certain um I, I don't have that number on the top of my head but it's a it's a it's a substantial amount um uh, I should have had the number of the in, whatever. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh, the reason wh- however, why we see an economic gain is, number one, people are in the working age. We don't have to pay for them You know, during the, the early ages, ages like 0 to 20, where they, they take much more from like their welfare systems than they give. We don't need to have that at all with the migrants. They can start working immediately. Um, they're overrepresented in low-paid work. But this analysis shows, this is very interesting, that these jobs would still be necessary even without immigration. And then these jobs would have to be filled by natives. Yeah. So the reason why this is interesting, of course, is that... Um, uh, yeah, otherwise you'd have to have natives to them. And this means that when the immigrants come here and take those jobs, you might expect there to be more type of low-paid work uh, around more jobs of that kind, but that's not what's happening. What we see, in fact, is that um we have more like median uh, and high paid jobs being created and who are filling those jobs well it's the natives that had the low paid jobs before so they're kind of like like pushing up um the native swedish population um in terms of you know how much paid work they uh, like how much they get paid for their work which you know is the, you know a substantial positive
0: do you know what the unemployment is in sweden
1: I have the employment rate, which is uh, sixth on the countries of uh, OECD, of the OECD countries. Um, 76.9% employment rate.
0: Gotcha. On Does...
1: unemployment rate, we do a little bit worse. Um, I do prefer using employment rate. though I do generally think that that's a... better metric
0: gotcha it says your jobless rate is six percent but i don't know there are different ways of calculating unemployment like america has like yeah yeah. yeah, different systems as well do you count people who are looking for work do you count like people who don't want to work like yeah um okay but this ranks like decently well in the rest of europe
1: yeah and that's you know in the rest of europe it does it does rank uh, reasonably well and it's also part you know due to the fact that Sweden natives have like a, a much like lower I guess um, unemployment rate than most of the countries in Europe. So this is like <laughs> you could argue like if we hadn't have this like wave of right-wing rhetoric and populism because of this, you could say that this would be like Sweden would be one of the best countries to take in this many refugees because you know we have this whole humanitarian argument for why it's such a good thing because we're helping people and additionally, it's not even like pushing us like that high in terms of things like unemployment rate compared to the other countries in Europe um, you know because we have like a relatively low you know unemployment rate but now people are spending it is of course you know um that re- relative to the native population these these immigrants like don't work at all um, how do you, super how do you lazy, feel like
0: about that. the culture of Sweden I know that usually when we talk about culture it's a dog like we're usually talking about mm-hmm. like a dog whistle Um yep. yeah but we are. There are obviously are like tendencies we care about. Um, do you do you think that the things you like about Sweden are going to stay strong in the coming years?
1: I mean, like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, I haven't lived in Sweden for a super long time. To be honest, I've lived like outside of uh, Sweden. I'm like, I've been moving around. I've lived in uh, Sweden, Denmark, Belgium, Singapore, Spain, uh, and now I'm back in Sweden. I'm like, I'm, I'm 16 years old. So it's not really, like, such a big, I guess. I don't really have, a, like, a really long time staying in Sweden and super familiar with the culture. Um, so I'm not really sure I could answer that. Uh, gotcha, fair. In the best way. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely, I don't think, you know, this is going to destroy Swedish culture or whatever. I feel like some of the the best parts of Swedish culture, like we have right now, is, is like, the food, for example. You know, this is, it's kind of a meme, but mm-hmm. um, that these, that, you know, these immigrant people bring. Um you know that's that's one of the main things that i guess i notice the most about the changing culture is how we have much much nicer food (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, the,
0: well, that's always been, I mean, at the end of the day, right, like, I just like people having more individual options for what stuff that they get to consume, right? So here in the United States of America, what even is American food? I don't fucking know. Burgers and French fries? Not even that. Burgers were made in Germany. But let's say it's a burger and French fry, right? The Uh fact that I can go outside at any town in America and get food from any culture on Earth, with the possible exception of, like, shawarma and African food. I cannot for the fucking life of me find a good African food place. But um. Yeah, like, like it's, I'm being so broad here because Africa is like 50 fucking countries in it, but they just don't have the money mm-hmm. here. Whatever. Hopefully we'll work on that in the future. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's so cool. <laughs> kebabs are delicious.
1: That's Wait. so popular here in Sweden. It's, yeah. You can find a kebab place like every street. It's right, delicious. Maybe even multiple. They're so good. They're the and all today, the Nazis, fact, they're, they're the like, best. they're
0: like remove kebab. You know, get these kebabs. Exactly. On the street. Kebabs are great.
1: What do you want? Unbelievable. That was a really bad PR move by them. Of all the things they could have said, they said kebab.
0: Yeah, seriously. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the people like back off. They're like, well, hold on. Wait, hold on. I didn't
1: realize getting rid of the fucking
0: immigrants meant we had to get rid of the fucking kebabs.
1: But it's true. Exactly. They do. They make them exactly. best. It's true. Um... Uh, yeah, so we have the the paid jobs, you know, them pushing the native population up, and then we have the innovation that they bring, of course, which is uh, pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, we see a reduction in the amount of people, like, reliant on welfare. Um, so that's another thing that flies in the face of a lot of this like, narratives that a lot of the, the right-wing parties and, like, the media is, is uh, certain media outlets are trying to push. Uh, and now we get to, like, how we could have handled this so much better. And a lot of this has to do with the period leading up to this this immigration crisis. Sweden has done an incredible amount of like privatization and moving towards right-wing economics, um, which has been super harmful for, for Sweden. So yeah, we see um, among other things. This is I'm I'm sorry if I if I'm ruining uh, like ruining um, the audience's idea of Sweden as being this uh, this lefty paradise in terms of economics. No,
0: I assume I, just, I hate Europe, so I assumed it was bad. I prepped them for this. Don't worry
1: fantastic also okay. most of the um,
0: most of the whole like europe is a leftist paradise shit is done by cringy like soaked dem americans who have no fucking idea what's going over in that continent and they just assume it's yeah. better because you all have i don't know like france has like hairy pussy bars or something i don't know you all are doing something over there that's special that we yeah. are doing but it's not leftism
1: it's not leftism i, I would say though it, it's it's a general improvement to what uh I hope I don't, I don't uh, trigger um, the Americans too much, but it's it's generally a bit uh, better than the social systems in America. But anyway, um, we see that in Sweden, among other things, we have one of the most disproportionate rate of taxation between income received from capital, from owning business, from manipulating money, and taxes that you get from work. You can expect to be taxed up to 25% more from like labor work than from capital earnings, Mm -hmm. which is completely, you know, the other way. It should be the other way around because it's in the capital that most of the money is being made and the people that are, you know, doing wage work, uh, probably need that that 25% more than the people only capital do. Yeah, we, we have also the same see problem that, like... over
0: here. Yeah, capital yep. gains tax is super fucking low uh, over here exactly. in the US. So it's better to be paid in like stock options than it is to be paid in wages because you have to pay far less taxes on it. And if you hold it mm-hmm. in there for long enough, you get to pay even less on it. Like if after, I think if you hold it in the stock market for a year, if you withdraw it, at, withdraw it after one year, you get an even lower rate. It's like it's insane. Like it, they basically pay nothing for their wages.
1: Yeah, we we see the you know this being demonstrated in like the the kind of like economic elite, they're pulling away more and more and more each year. Um, maybe not as you know um, I guess insane as it is in the U.S., but 1980s, 1990s, like the average like um, wage of the people in like the 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 economic uh, like uh, peak, I guess, was like 11 times the average like factory wage, which might sound not that much to uh, to Americans, but right now in just what is it, 40 years, it's now at like 19 or 20. So they see like a double in their relative earnings uh, compared to the rest of the population. Uh, we also have a completely backwards pension system uh, where the people that are, are like in the like low low paid work are paying more into the pension system than they receive. And the people that do high paid work and earn a lot of money pay less into the pension system than they receive from it, which also doesn't make any sense. We have also seen the removal of like the following like taxes that disproportionately target wealthy people. We have seen a removal of a property tax, removal of the wealth tax, removal of an inheritance tax, removal of a gift tax, and a removal of the austerity tax here in Jesus Sweden. Christ. That's
0: that's far more damage to your tax system than Trump managed to do over. Yeah, uh, over here. Uh,
1: it's 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 insane, and this is you know. Um, was most of these changes were done during like an eight-year period. Um, so, you know, say what you want about the right-wing parties, but they're productive. Um, so we have all these taxes that are being removed. Um, tax rates are does, don't make any sense. Um, the wrong people are being taxed and the people that should be taxed are being taxed uh, far too low. But possibly the worst, I guess, offense in this regard has to do with like the schooling system and what we've done for it. Um, in Sweden right now, we have arguably the most privatized school system in the world, and this is something that most people, you know, have no idea about. But we have a system in which the government pays private schools for every student they have there. Mm-hmm. You have a, like a f- complete freedom of choice over what school you want to go to. Mm-hmm. We have pretty low restrictions on like what needs to be met before you can establish a school, and we have um, you can take unlimited profit from these schools, mm-hmm. which is something not even the United States has. They, you know, most countries have like, okay, you, but you need to put at least like 30% of the profit you make back into the school to make it better. Mm-hmm. In Sweden, we have none of that. And as an effect of this, we see like the the, the one entity behind like the most popular private school in Sweden making 500 million, um, that would be $50 million uh, in profits just during one year. Damn, do you want to come live here in America? No, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> But uh, in regards to schools, I would say that we have, uh, we have like, severe issues um, in terms of our, our schooling and the way it works. We also see that these private schools are cheating with their grades. So they're giving, um, if we look at the internal grades between a private school and a public school, we see that the private school has, like, super high grades. But then we have, like, national tests here in Sweden. I don't know if you have that in the United States. But yeah, yeah. in those national tests, they don't perform, like... Relative to their public schools, good enough to warrant those type of grades. So we see that they're they're like you know, raising the grades um, artificially to these private schools. And the reason why they want to do this is because they want to attract you know rich people and the the children of rich kids to go to these schools. We see that most private schools are um are you know um, like mostly white. We see that uh, you know the people there are from you know socioeconomic uh, higher positions. And what this does is that earlier in Sweden, we had a, uh, a system where it was like mandated what school you go to based on like how close you live to the schools. Um there was no private schools, only public schools, uh, and there wasn't any you know no profit, of course. And uh, the way that the schools got money was based on need. And so if these like the grades were sleeping in this school over there, we'd give that school a bunch of money so they could catch up to the rest. And we had one of the best school systems in the world. That had better
0: um, outcomes than what you have today.
1: Yeah, way better outcomes. In fact, an analysis on uh, by UNICEF regarding the inequality experienced in schools from 41 wealthy nations placed Sweden on 25th place. One place behind the United States of America. Um, so hey, we have, do you, you want to come here to the United States of America? Maybe, maybe we have a better school system.
0: Yep. Um, damn, that sucks. Uh... <laughs> behind it yeah uh yeah um, it's oh man um this this is something I've thought about this a lot but I feel like when when you were talking earlier about how like the austerity has been ramped up in Sweden uh, one thing I feel like I don't know if this is deliberate or if this is just a natural consequence of like neoliberal economics but I feel I feel like there's a very deliberate effort to cut down social spending and social services uh, to cut down like the safety net of the average citizen, which means there's less to fight over when uh, 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 immigrants come. It's much easier yep. to convince the population to hate immigrants if you feel like you're competing for them, with them for resources. Um, whereas if everyone's peachy keen, it's much, much harder to get people invested in that way. And if you get people to hate immigrants, you get people to invest more in a sort of insular, nationalistic, cultural, reactionary thing. Um, so it seems like, like, it's, it's part of like a long process, but stripping people of their, um, of their economic rights, contrary to what a lot of lefties say, I think actually facilitates the development of fascism because it procures the material conditions which lead people down reactionary paths rather than encouraging people to like challenge the systems that are depriving them of their economic rights, you know?
1: Yep. I agree with you 100%. Um, and... Like the, I guess the major reason why we see our like public schools, because right now in Sweden we see the public schools performing super bad, and the you know the the private schools performing really good. And part of this is because, like I said, uh, the the grade cheating, which in Sweden we call uh, glädjebetyg happiness grades, for some reason, um, uh, like they 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 feel really happy to give out these super high grades. But the reason why it's dangerous is because how it works in Sweden for the private schools is that they get a set amount of money for every student that goes to their school, so. Because it's a private school, they can freely discriminate, frankly, um, on like who gets to go into the school. So the type of people they pick to go to these schools are, of course, people from good socioeconomic conditions, people that already know the language super well, people that don't have any learning or you know other um, types of you know uh, difficulties learning, um, and they pick these people. And the reason why they do that is that the better students you pick, the easier it is for them to learn. The higher grades they get, the more advertising the school gets, and the less resources you have to put per child, and the more profits you can extract from this system. Um, and this leads to, you know, you have you have like a, the super rich kids going to uh, to these private schools with only other rich kids, uh, and they don't need a lot of resources because they have all the you know conditions necessary, I guess, for them to be able to um, to to succeed in school. So that means that the owners of the school can get a lot of profit. And this means that the public schools are left with the rest. They're left with the people who have, you know, don't know the language, have trouble learning the language, are from poor socioeconomic conditions, um, have learning, you know, difficulties. And this means that the amount of resources necessary per student in public schools is, you know, exponentially increasing. And this means that the cost is higher and higher uh, while the money's, Effectively being siphoned off by the private schools and their owners, who put them in, you know, offshore bank accounts, so they don't even need to pay tax on uh, on their profits from that.
0: I guess that's uh, that's commodification for you, right? Yeah, I mean yep. that. I mean that all tracks and makes sense. It's a shame, though. It feels like pretty much every country on earth is heading in the same direction right now. You know, uh, higher mm-hmm. levels of austerity, higher consolidation of national wealth, that kind of stuff.
1: Um, and this, this makes me like, this is so sad, you know, to hear about because like education is the bedrock for a society. If you have a good educational system, you can accomplish so many good things, uh, in terms of other, you know, broader political and social, uh, ideals and inclinations you have. But if the school isn't working, then you see so many things fall apart.
0: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, it's, um, it's damn near three o'clock. Uh, is there... Uh, I really appreciate you speaking to me about this. I don't get to talk about European stuff that often unless I'm debating Mm -hmm. it. And usually when I'm debating it, I'm debating it with Europeans. And it's usually Mm -hmm. not in a context where I can learn very much from them. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there a final meme you'd like to hit us up with? uh, Or more pointedly, any socials you'd like to shout out?
1: Um i think i i'm very happy because this is actually the schooling part was my last bullet point so i I got through uh oh oh nice okay i didn't
0: know if my constant interruptions had set you behind like halfway down the 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 bulletin board it was
1: perfect okay we we managed paste it out together
0: you write you write out the plan topics i bring up the bullshit together we fill an hour it's great
1: true that's how it works okay yeah um so in terms of socials Um, I go by Rose wrist, Rose like the plant, wrist like the body part, don't ask me why that's my name, on YouTube and Twitter, and on YouTube I have uh, occasional live streams, on the weekend I have some prepared content, most recently I had a debate with uh, an American traditionalist who ended up being a Nazi, Um, so you can go and, (laughs) unsurprisingly, uh, you can go ahead and, and watch that if you'd like. But uh, I would like to thank you very much, uh, Vosh, for giving me the opportunity uh, to to speak here. And uh, if you know you have any any questions or anything else you'd ever want to talk about, then just feel free to send me an email.
0: Of course. Thank you very much. And sorry for sending you back so much over the the email. I know we initially talked, God, like six months ago or something like that. Since
1: 1st uh, of January, maybe. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, five and a half. Yeah, I just uh, – yeah. I'm – I'm really bad at managing my emails. Okay,
1: you <laughs> get a lot of emails. I've heard, so don't don't ah. worry about it. I I would I don't know if I would manage it much better. Today. I actually
0: checked when I started the stream. I I was I was doing emails before I started the stream because I wake up, I do mm-hmm. emails, I stream. Um, and then I was che- I checked emails when I was about to bring you on to try and double check what we were going to talk about. Um, yep. And uh, in <laughs> that time, I got I would gotten sixteen more emails during that time. Oh no. Yeah. So. <laughs> this <laughs> I uh, used to have hey guys if you want me to update the fucking research document I've got literally hundreds of studies to put in there you gotta stop emailing me okay you fucking take up too much of my time thank you so yeah. much Rose Roserist for speaking to me I really appreciate it it was um, uh, uh, very pleasant to speak to you and uh, you
1: have a good microphone that
0: actually helps so you much No, it's
1: crazy I think I, I'm sorry if it might have been some popping um, I think I, I still need to get like a pop filter I get told that I'm like too close to the microphone a lot, um, but. No, you said no. That, you said it beautiful the fine. whole time. No, hundred percent. You sound
0: fantastic. good. Um, yeah, okay. I am being told. um <clears throat> sir I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Um, yeah. Transrätiga. Tra- wait, Transratigeter. I think that's Transratigeter. Trans-rat-i-get-er. That's yeah. what it is. Hey, wait, wait. Say it again.
1: Trans. <laughs> You're gonna make me fuck it up. Okay, transrätigheter. Transratigeter? Trans-rat-i-get-er? Trans rights, but in meatball and Ikea. That's gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. fuck
0: you guys for the furniture you send over here, by the way, okay? My bed frame is fucking... Are people send
1: you furniture? It's cre- yeah,
0: fucking Ikea. My bed frame is creaky as shit now every time I oh. do stuff on it, okay? It's, we got, it's too much. We got to go to a proper store. Send better furniture, okay? All right. Could yeah. you read the name of the furniture, then? Probably not. <laughs> Have yourself a good one, okay? You too, buddy. Thank you again. Bye. Goodbye. That was actually a super pleasant conversation. I never know if I'm going to have good convos. It really feels like a random grab bag, but that was a good convo. All right. Bye, Rose. I assume you're still watching. Uh, I know you had my fucking stream up. Ikea has okay furniture. You're just mean. No, you're confused. Ikea has okay food. It's furniture is a mixed bag. Um...